Whether you keep them in your home or love to see them in theirs, these are the creatures that bring us all together. Reptiles. Reptiles. We're going to be delving into the experiences of reptile lovers from around the block and around the world. This is the Reptile Talk Podcast. What's up? Look, we're together in the same place in person. Oh my goodness! In North Carolina. In North Carolina. What? North Carolina. Carolina. (laughs) That's so awesome. What's good? What is up, everybody? So it's been a minute since we've done a podcast, mostly because within the last what sixty days, we've both moved eight hundred miles away. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, and then what did the entire eastern seaboard from New Hampshire to Florida, Florida. and back? <laughs> um, so we've uh, yeah. we've been pretty busy. It's been a it's been a trip. Let me tell you. Yeah. So, but we're back. We're back. We're back. Super excited to be back. Um, and and we're kicking it off with a great guest this week. Uh, before I tell you who that is, just the reminder to every awesome person in the chat. Uh, if you feel so inclined to drop a super chat, you are able to do that because we've been monetized, which hey. is awesome. Uh, and uh, and we'll talk about whatever the heck you super chat, so long as it's not terrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, so uh, if you're checking this out on YouTube, awesome. Thank you for being on YouTube. Uh, if you're listening to the audio only, you're going to catch this a couple days later. No problem. And uh, we'll have other episodes coming soon. Coming soon. Um, okay, bam. So without further ado, we're talking with the one, the, the only, Mike Stefani from Mike's Monitors. Let's get him in here. Hey. What's up, dude? How you guys doing? Dude, We're doing great, man. It was fantastic. It was like 70 degrees today. So I was out in a t-shirt and just like cleaning snakes and hanging out. Hey, I got a question for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you guys at? North North Carolina. Carolina. (laughs) (laughs) Legit. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. So how are you doing tonight? Good, man. Good. Everything's good. Um, It's hatched out some Mertens and some Coming Eye. I was just telling Jeremy, I'm like two days away from a clutch of Kimberly Rocks. I was hoping they would have been pipped for the show, but nah, no. I Damn. love Kimberly Rock monitors. They're just yeah. so gorgeous. They're just like long and slender, and the bangs on them and the fly on the back, yeah. they're just gorgeous. Yeah, they're they're gorgeous. A pretty unique species too, as far as their uh, you know their body structure compared to most other you know. Um, Monitor lizard, uh, yeah, really cool. If you're ever looking for them, Rob, hit me up. I'll give you the bro discount. Oh, hell yeah, hey. I love <laughs> I'm looking to keep, but Kimberly's have always been, since I was like 18. Kimberly's have always been on my list. They're awesome. Heck yeah! I just want to give a big shout out. Shout out. Shit out. <laughs> I've been cleaning too many snakes. There's been a lot of shit in my life for the last 48 hours. A shout out. <laughs> for the super chat. Jesus, thanks for the shit out. <laughs> oh boy. Well, I, I didn't just clean 400 snake cages yesterday. You're going to have to excuse Jeremy. It's been a minute since we're podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so Mike, for the people who might not know who you are, uh, what, what's, what got you into reptiles, man? Oh, man, it's a disease. It started when I was a little kid, you know, um, Godzilla movies. And then, you know, back then, I mean, there was really not a lot of reptiles around. So plastic prehistoric uh, dinosaurs in the puddles in my alley. And then from there, I ventured out through the neighborhood to the frog pond and, you know, turtles, toads spiders ants wh- whatever i love it all so that's where it's at i'm just saying yeah, yeah you know my uh field herping days I, I kind of vicariously lived through you there rob because you know my legs are breaking down i did concrete for 30 years i had some pretty bad accidents with my legs so i can't really get out there and hunt much so i watch what you do and i love it Hell yeah, man! Yeah. I I I try and post stuff when I find it, and you know, there's a lot of field herping is going out and not finding anything. 
But uh, <laughs> when I see stuff, I definitely like to post them, share it with people, just well, so people know that if you spend a little bit of time out there, you can find stuff. Yeah, well, I, I, I really like the fact that, like, you'll – you know, you'll photograph like lichens, moss, uh, some little beetle, and I love all that stuff. So, heck yeah, it's cool. Hell yeah, heck yeah. When you when you were younger, what was your favorite thing to find? Uh, I'm sorry, I missed that. Uh, what was your favorite thing to find when you were younger and doing a lot of field work? Uh, I probably, I I really liked snake hunting, but there was nothing like the the conquest of uh being able to catch a painted turtle they're so you know they're they're so uh inquisitive with their with their hearing and they're it's you just can't just sneak up on them you got to really be cunning and you know it took some skill and i've honed that over the years and unfortunately now i, I mean a snail moves faster than me so i ain't catching nothing <laughs> You want to know a, a really good uh, trick that I learned two summers ago is uh, if you get in a kayak and go out onto the pond, a lot of times you can see the turtles below the surface and they don't realize that you can see them. You can scoop them right out of the water without having to chase them off a ledge or really dive in the water or go crazy. A lot of that right. stuff, they you see some when they're in the water. Yeah, exactly. You can sneak right up on them. I, I was catching a lot of spotted turtles that way because they dip under the water, but once they're, they're under the water, they think that they're hidden, and I'm like, I still see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got sulfur monitors like that. They're, they're in, well, they're wild-caught babies, but they're all healthy and everything. But, yeah, they, they jump off a branch, and they, they jump down into the crystal clear water, and, man, they feel like they're safe, and I can't see them, but there they are right there. Yeah. So. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah. I want. I want to. I want to give another another set of props for another shit out. No. <laughs> no, Mac Lorenzo. Thank you for the super chat, man. Thanks for tuning in, um, guys. I know I see some people in the in the chat that are saying there's a little bit of an echo. Um, I know we had some literally last minute audio issues that I was not anticipating. So bear with the echo for a little bit. Um, hopefully we can figure it out, guys. But thank you for jumping on and uh, and hanging regardless. So uh, what I saw you were hatching out Merton's water monitors. Um, and then you said you were hatching out. Oh, my goodness. What was the other one? I just saw you just hatched out some as well. The coming out. Yeah. Um, so, what species? What other species are you breeding there? Um, I, I breed um, Ackies. I breed Kimberly Rocks. Uh, I breed Gill and I here. Thank you. Mertens, Coming Eye, Pilbarensis are right here behind me. Mm. Uh, and then hopefully, I can get these sulfurs nailed down. I got some really pretty sulfurs. Hell yeah. Yeah, pill bars are another one that I really enjoy. I love the uh, the red on them. They're just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, what's really cool about them is, like, in these cages here, you know, with those rocky cliff faces? Yeah. Yeah. They'll hide in the little cracks, and they stick their little orange head out, and you can't, I mean, unless you know they're there. I had people say, hey, there's nothing in here. And I'm like, dude, there's three of them. Just look. And they start looking they're like, oh, wow, I didn't even see that. So, yeah, they blend in good with that iron ore cliff, you know. Heck, oh, yeah, yeah, that's awesome, dude. That's sweet. I, I love a lot of that O'Doctor stuff. They're, just, they're so uh, super cool. Well, like for you, Rob, now that you're, you're in a, an apartment, the Audatrias are awesome because, you know, you don't need giant cages. The food bill's not real big. And, yeah, mm -hmm. they're, they're really cool, interesting animals for sure. Yeah, and you um, you made a lot of those enclosures, right? Yeah, I made them all. I I built all my own stuff. I I just see that's going back to when I was a kid. I I, I don't come from money or nothing like that. So, uh, single family home. My my mom and dad were divorced, and my mom worked really hard, and you know. It was hard for me to, I, I would ask her for animals, but it was hard for me to ask for the setup and all the other stuff. So I remember as a little kid, just driving through the neighborhood on garbage day, when I seen an old console TV, I'm sure my neighbors are going to hate me, but uh, like I'd kick the <laughs> tube out and I'd throw the console TV on my bike and 
bring it home and put a piece of plastic glass in the front and make a nice boa cage out of it, you know? Uh, so I've, always, I've always been pretty crafty with building my own stuff and kind of unique things, you know, just like dressers and you're not your typical caging. Oh, yeah. 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 Your Tinley display, you had that uh, like whiskey barrel set up. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool, man. Yeah. That's, that's cool, man. That, that was an idea. Actually, that was an idea I had as a little kid, too. Um, but again, I, you know, as a younger kid, you, I don't know where to get barrels or nothing. Now, with the whole internet thing, everything is all different. But I was actually going to lose and, and, Maybe people can do this, like for certain species. Uh, you know the blue fifty-five gallon drums, the plastic yeah. one. Well, I was going to build like a whole wall with those. Um, again, with uh, you know, you just cut a square window out, leave a deep dam, and then you could take um, the cheap uh, plexiglass that you get in any of the hardware stores and um, hinge it on one side. And it would actually, you know, shape to the barrel as you're closing it. And then you just pin it off to be closed. But, yeah, you, you could, you know, have a whole wall of those with, you know, lots and lots of animals. Mm-hmm. Heck, yeah. High humidity and, you know, you're not going to destroy nothing. Right. Right. Yeah, that's, dude, that's super unique. I, I like, I mean, I think most reptile keepers are pretty resourceful when it comes to designing enclosures and, you know, yeah. Yeah, rotor rack systems, but plastic bins in plastic boxes. So. <laughs> there's a there's, a, there's a, a time and a place for everything, you know. Unfortunately, monitors don't do real well in the drawers. You know, they need the lights and all that stuff. But, hey, you know, right. are happy in there. They don't, you know, crawl around much except when they're looking for food. So it's it's no harm to the animal either, you know. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I got to figure when you've got a lot of those Odotria in there that just sitting down in the reptile room and just watching them interact and move around is the best. <laughs> it is the best. I mean, yeah, here, like, for example, here, I'm sitting here. This is like my favorite spot. Here's my Kimberly rock cage. I got two gravid females in here and they're just, you know, they're just chill. I, I hand I hand fed all my Kimberleys from when they were, you know, hatchlings and they just, they know and love me and trust me. And, you know, but I put the work into them too. So. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. What's, uh, what's one of your favorite species of, of smaller monitors to work with? Um, you know what? Kimberly rocks. I'm with you guys, man. Kimberly rocks are one, you know, they're that, that iconic species back in the day, you know, and, um, early nineties, there was a few and far between. They were very expensive, you know, not a lot of people breeding them. Uh, so that was always something that was kind of out of my grip. I was really never into Audatrias. I was more like a new Guinea guy to peach throats and the tree monitors and stuff like that, crop monitors. But, uh, when I started having success with my Mertens, it kind of opened up a lot of doors for me because, uh, like I, you guys know, I don't really do this stuff for money. I mean, it makes money, but I mean, if you were going to compare what I make and what my electric bill is every month, there ain't, <laughs> no, way, there ain't no way I'm making money. I'm, uh, you know, I, I have fun. I produce a lot of animals. And so what I was doing was I sell so many makes my wife happy. And then I take so many and I trade them around. And that's how I got my whole Adatria collection was trading for Mertens. So, um, yeah, I was, like I said, I was always into the, uh, the Glower Eye, which are great. But when I made a trade for my Pilbaras, man, I just love them, man. They're dirt. Yeah. I, love, I love King Gorham too. I love them all, man. I'm addicted. I'm a, I'm a mess, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, we've all got that problem, man. <laughs> I, I think Exactly. <laughs> I think it's interesting that uh, so many people are kind of pushed towards getting hackies. And I have had way less positive interactions with hackies than I have with Kingorums or Kimberleys or Pilbaras or any of the other species. Right. Yeah, you know, hackies can be a little feisty, uh, you know. 
Um, mine are all really nice, uh, which I'm happy about. But yeah, they they could be badass little dudes, you know, that put up with no girl. <laughs> yeah, man. And uh, I, I don't know. I just, I just think that uh, if, I guess if people want to hold them, I guess that the Aki's are a little bit more hefty, so they give you a little bit more something to hold. But I honestly, looking at Pilbaras, looking at the Gill and I or the the Kimberleys in an enclosure, they're just stunning. They're just amazing to look at. When you put them in a naturalistic kind of setup, you just can't beat them. And like, you know, my Gill and I, I hand feed those. So I understand what you're saying, uh, especially with the King Gorums, even at adult size, you know, eight inch, which, you know, that's mine are, if, if mine are five inches, I would be surprised. They're tiny. But they're mm-hmm. little bulldogs. But again, like you say, they're real small, and you know I don't have uh, doctor hands. You know I have I'm a cement mason, so I kind of break everything I touch, really. But <laughs> but all these other adatras, they just they walk on me. I don't have to reach in and pick them up. If I put my hand out, they'll come right to me. You know these little guys are cool. Of course, this is night, and we're about to yes, go light. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, it, it you know, again for these small adatras, if for somebody who's living in an apartment or a condo or you know maybe even at home with their parents in the basement, and you know they don't have the room for giant enclosures, these are all easy to fabricate, easy to maintain, easy to feed, and, and you know if you do them right, you'll get babies. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. There's been a lot of. <laughs> like there's been a trend of a lot of people working with Mars, breeding Mars, producing Mars of, of various species, and, and I think it's awesome because they are a, they are a species as a whole, just branded as a whole, untouchable thing. Like so few people were able to kind of figure out how to work with them, and now now to see them a lot more easy, readily available and easy to get your hands on, I think it's awesome because they are you know exactly as you just said. You know, especially these smaller monitors, they're like the perfect apartment lizard. You know, that if you want a leopard gecko or a bearded dragon, you're ready to take that next step, but you don't have space for a seven foot water monitor or something. You know, they're they're perfect. And and what's really nice about them too is, um, you know, they they um, unlike like your New Guinea stuff. That's you know, generally it's it's wild caught animals. They're real you know, skittish and flighty. These these Australian monitors are just, you know, once you build up a little relationship with them, they're, they, they, it's like they love you, you know. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure they'd rather be in the wild, but, you know, if you treat them right and, and uh, you know, you take care of them well, they're really great animals. They got great personalities. And like you say, you know, in an apartment setting, you know, I, I don't even watch TV no more. I just, I watch my animals, you know. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. That's where it's at. <laughs> like you were saying with, you know, all the advances in um, varanid husbandry and, and um, you know, captive care, uh, I can remember going back to where, you know, you, you know, cypress mulch was, uh, wow, yeah, cypress mulch is, you know, the great stuff. <laughs> Cypress mulch is garbage. I, I, I mean, now there's places for cypress mulch, you know, like if for non-breeding uh, females or, you know, males that, you know, but again, I like the double milled cypress. It's real fine. It's not got the eye poking sticks in it, which I always worried about. But yeah, it's, it's come so far that, you know, and, and back in the day, there was a few pioneers who had stuff down, didn't really share any information and it just took years and years of, you know, uh, like you, you were talking about field hunting. I used to field hunt for dirt, literally. I would go into a woods and I'd see a berm of dirt or whatever, and I'd pick it up and, you know, smell it. And it'd just be like, oh, that smells so good. I wonder how this would work. So here's me, you know, with my buddies packing up five-gallon buckets of wood. <laughs> dirt walking in and out of the woods. People think we're freaking crazy or something, but <laughs> that's part of it, too, is, you know, to find some good dirt, some good soil, and, um, you know, you, you got to know how to, whether you're using whole cage nesting or nest bins, you got to know how to use your heat and your humidity to regulate that so they don't dry out fast. It's got to be perfect for them to, you know, be comfortable enough to lay eggs. There's, there's still, 
tricks and science to it a bit, but it, I don't know. After this much time, I think more of like that I would contribute my success with is just sticking with it. And, you know, I mean, I mean, snakes are nice. You don't have to be there every day. Monitors, man, you got to be there every day. They, I feed mine every day. I, I don't overfeed anything, but I do offer them meals daily. Um, and then when I have cycling females, I'll pound, I, I'll hit them real heavy with food, but you know, for the most part, it's not, a. Uh, and I don't, I'm not saying anything that snakes are part-time, but Varanids are, you, you gotta be on them. You gotta watch them. You gotta understand what they're doing. Otherwise you could easily miss a clutch of eggs. You could miss a cycle. So there's a, a lot to it, but it's more like, in my opinion, it's all like observation and just understanding what you're seeing. Yeah. 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 Do you, do you ultrasound any of your monitors or no? And you're like, no, I don't. I, I, uh, I like to think that by me looking at them, I get a good idea what's going on. Uh, and not only that, man, our machines are expensive. <laughs> I mean, they used to be. I, we're, we're looking at uh, ultrasounding machines that we're using in Nerd are like uh, 900 bucks. So, oh, yeah, yeah, much easier, much more attainable than they used to be. Um, you know, and it, it's a learning curve getting used to uh, figuring out the controls and everything. But once you get uh, a feel for that, it definitely like really helped us dial in when to pair females, when they're receptive, and all that sort of stuff. Right. Right. But yeah. I like, with your doctor, you know, my uh, my coming eye are they're pretty straightforward and easy. My my male and female that I hear I have here, I I like to say they're they're gentle lovers, man. They, they actually, they like each other. They never beef, maybe over food. Um, but I, I keep them together all the time. I only cut the male out when the female is about to lay her clutch just so she's not disturbed. Um, but now with these solvers are, you know, they're, it's a little different. It's, it's definitely, you're not, I'm not keeping them all together. I got five now. So I got five big ass enclosures, you know, <laughs> walking an animal across the room to throw them in another cage. It's, 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 it's challenging for me now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Golfers, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Mike, we got a question for you from galaxy reptiles. They just threw, threw a super chat down this question for Mike. I have a Pilbara and he's not overly excited to eat, especially off of tongues. Do you have any recommendations to get him more eager to feed? Yes, I, I do. And now, of course, this this is my experience and this works for me, but you, you ought to try this. Um, pinky parts are chopped quail. And, you, you know, you could give them the, the yolk sack or like the, the the midsection of the chopped pinky. They really like that, you know, the, the nastier the better. And if that doesn't work, dunk anything in warm egg yolk. And I, gar- I, I shouldn't say I almost guarantee they're going to eat that. Oh yeah, boom! Yeah, you get a little bit of egg yolk going. A lot of monitors, they just go nuts for it. Exactly. <laughs> and, and if one comes to worst, all you got to do is take a quail egg, um, chop the top off of it, and leave it in there like a cup. They'll go in there and they'll lap that egg up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know what? I, I never really thought of. I wonder if you could take a pinky and put it in into a quail egg. See if you can get a little bit of pinky input through them laughing at the egg. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, you could do that, but I generally just dunk the pinky in the egg yolk and yeah. then off the tongs or whatever. Hell yeah. Egg yolk seems to be the trick. Yeah. Yeah. Have you have you noticed, is, is, there, is there anything else next to the egg yolk that would be like, if it doesn't do egg yolk, it's going to do this? Um, Like I said, the Egg yolk or like the midsection of pinkies, like where all the, the gut and, and right. all that stuff is the same with chopped. When you chop a, a day old quail and their, their belly is full of, you know, yolk that they've absorbed again, that's, it's just, man, it's, it doesn't look pretty, but you know, we're not <laughs> monitored. So they think it looks pretty and they, they usually will eat that right up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're not, they're not picky. No, one thing when I was raising my my adult Kimberly rocks here, 
I was chopping up fish for Mertens and, and I made a little dish for the uh, small Kimberly rocks. They were, you know, sub adults. So they were still young. And I'm like, yeah, what the heck, man? I chopped the little silver side up, put it in their bowl. They picked all the silver side out first. Where the heck are these things seeing a fit? <laughs> <laughs> they, they love silver. My adults here, they love eating silver sides. It's crazy. I don't think it's interesting. Yeah, it is. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I like doing a lot of fish, too, for a, a couple reasons. Variety, number one. But number two, that oily, um, what, whatever that, um, whatever that, that oil is that fish have. I don't know what they call it. Yeah. Um, I, I like it. Keeps their insides moving. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've heard from multiple people that <clears throat> feeding fish is a great way to just clear out a monitor's insides just because of that, that oil, especially if they're getting stopped up because they're just not getting necessarily the appropriate diet. Just well, too yeah, like, like, from like a lot of not really crickets so much, but a lot of roaches that you know that chitin or whatever you know that hard shell. Mm-hmm. Hey, I don't want it building up. I've never had a problem with it, but I don't want to build it. I don't want it building up, so I'll flush them with some fish every now and then, and they love it, and we're all good. Heck yeah, heck yeah, that's where it's at. Yeah. So, are there any species of monitor that you're wanting to get into to expand your collection, or? Yeah, I mean, I got a story for you here. So when these when these sulfurs, I, okay, I've had everything for so long. And, you know, I don't know, you, you get a hankering for something else. And I really wanted Borneo earless. I, I, I want to work with them someday. I want to produce them. Uh, you know, people are doing well with them overseas and probably in the United States too, but you don't hear too much about them. So... And Spencer, I, I love him. Mm. Well, when my friend who owns a wholesaler here, he rents space from my wife's business and he wholesales like bread and butter reptiles for pet shops and stuff. Um, well, he's a, he's kind of a veranda holic too. And he has access to importers and stuff. So what he really loves sulfurs. So he, over the past couple of years, He's been getting pictures sent to him from overseas, Java, you know, exporters and whatever. And like he'd see 50 sulfurs and he'd say, nah, nah, nah. And then he'd see one and he'd say, I got to have that one. So they'd send it to him. And he did that over, like I said, over the past couple of years. And he collected four. <clears throat> and, you know, he'd always talk to me about them. I was never really a sulfur monitor guy, but I didn't really ever see any that blew my mind. And then his wife works with my wife. So I, I kept hearing her all the time. Hey, I hope he gets them water shitters out of my house and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but you see, he wasn't set up like me. Like, I got drains. I don't touch nothing. I don't pick nothing up. Everything goes out. I open a valve. Everything's gone. Yeah. So he, he, his wife put the hammer on him. So he had to get rid of him. So I told my wife, I'm like, hey, you know, Karen, those would be really nice. She goes, we can't afford it. Okay, we can't afford it. No problem. So I was in the process of brokering a deal for my friend and for another friend. And um, so I called the guy and, you know, showed him the photos. He was all interested, especially that one female I got. I'll show you her in a minute. She's just stunning. A beautiful, beautiful example. Um, and, and this guy's really good for the money. He said, okay, they're sold. So I called John back and I said, okay, I got them sold for you. He's like, dude, that was five minutes. I said, well, I don't know what to tell you. You want to sell them? So the next morning I get a call from the guy who wanted to buy them. And I'm thinking, okay, he usually just calls and says, you know, where do you want to put the money? So uh, he called and he's like, yeah, you know, I was looking at that one. I'm like, Bro, I'm, I'm vouching for these animals. Those were pictures from when he first had them imported. I'm vouching for these animals. They're beautiful. They're, they're awesome. So he wanted more pictures. So I called John back and said, hey, man, this guy, he, he'll, he wants more pictures before he spends the money. And I hear him in the background. What the fuck? I'm like, oh, oh, take it easy. Take it easy. <laughs> so so uh, 
so that was that. So I don't know. That was like about 10 o'clock the next morning. So I called my wife at work where John works there too. And I'm like, Hey, you know, is, is John going to get more pictures? This deal will be done. She goes, um, they're sold. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? How the fuck? There's no way. She goes, yeah, they're sold. And I'm like, Oh, well, you got to tell me who got them. Cause I want to, you know, I want to follow them. I want to make sure I know where they're at. She goes, I bought them for you. You're going to breed them. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Carolina. Let's go. <laughs> so needless to say, he had to go. I don't know. He lives a couple hours from the shop. So she normally gets home around five. So I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. She comes home. I think it was about 730 or so. Dude, I was like a kid. Kid in a candy store. My heart is pumping. And then when I took them out of the out of the containers and the bags they were in, I was I was literally blown away. And um, this female here that I'm going to show you, she's just you know as soon as she came in, come on girl, as soon as she came in, she was just the water's real dirty. Water monitor thing. Yeah. <laughs> So here, this is a wild caught, like two years out of the wild, Java sulfur. And um, as you can see, she's just beautiful and very docile. That's and that's my showpiece girl right there. And uh, yeah, I love her, man. I love them. I, I was, I was, like I said, I, I really wanted to get those Spencer eye. Um, but then these came up and then at the show, that you were at, Jeremy. You've seen the Spencer, right? Yeah. Now, I already know I busted a nut with the old lady. I, I ain't getting nothing else. So. <laughs> so I was trying to I was trying to hustle Mertens big time at that show. <laughs> to, to maybe disappoint my wife one more time, you know. <laughs> Here's my young male. I'm trying to get him out. He'll come out. Just yeah. give me a minute. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. The Javas are probably one of my favorite locales for water monitors. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I'm not real well versed in, in water monitors like all their locales and, and the different species. Actually, you know, coming out has always been uh, a big favorite of mine. But when I, like I said, when I seen these uh, sulfurs, I was like, ah, I want them things so bad. And then, you know, when my wife finally said, yeah, 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 I was a happy man. <laughs> so I imagine I'm probably uh, a year or two away from breeding them. Got to get some size on that male. And I actually have a female in this walk-in enclosure here. She's God. like six foot, but she's she's kind of rough, man. She, I mean, she looks good. She was uh, imported not from the same deal from another guy. And, um, you know, I, she's real shy. She's been hiding all the time. She's just starting to come out now and she'll feed from the tongs. But I noticed I, uh, there was a tapeworm in her and I asked the guy if he treated them and he said, yeah, but apparently he didn't get the egg cycle or something. So I got to hit her with some more of that, uh, paraquantel or whatever it's called. Get her, uh, get her cleaned up before I do anything with her. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so, dude, I've noticed that especially a lot of those bigger females, they bully, they bully the males too because of how big they are. Uh, right. They're not feeling it. So I, I always like, when I see big females, I'm like, oh man, you, you're you're a bruiser. <laughs> yeah, she she is. I was actually um, I had her on the market because it turns out the two smaller ones that I got, they were probably hatchling size when I had first got them. Uh, it turns out that they, they're looking to be 1.1 right now. So right now, the way it sits, I got 2.3. And um, this big one, I you know, I, because of the, the size of her and how shy she is compared to these others, you know, I, I just wasn't feeling her. I, I, I feel her for sure. I don't want to just get rid of her. But I put her out there, and I got a few hits on it, and, you know, everybody, the people that contacted me are pretty well known in the in the industry. And like, oh, you could get some pictures of you holding her so I could see how big she is. I'm like, dude, 
I would love to do that for you, but she'll tear me a new asshole. I don't want, you know, <laughs> you can get a picture. You know, I mean, it's, it's an important animal. It's, it's just, it takes time. So. Yeah. It's funny. Even with all the captive stuff, uh, you know, picking them up when they get big is, is not easy because we had a cannon um, from Camp Cannon come up to nerd uh, last year and he's like, oh, let me see the adult male black dragon. So I take him out and I'm holding him. And he's like, oh, let me hold him. And I was like, I don't, I don't think you want to hold him, dude. And he's like, no, I'm going to hold him. And as soon as the male put claws on him, he was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you can take him back. You can take him back. Yes. And now yours yours were pretty tractable, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's you great. But just, they got right. some muscle, man. And, and just, just now, just think of a um, of imported, scared, wild caught female with those claws. That yeah, as soon as you put a good hold on your arm or your shoulder, man, you're like you say, they're Freddy Krueger in you for sure. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I just want to deviate real quick. Shout out to yeah. Benny for the super chat. It says, "What's up, guys? Any recommendations on filters and affordable ponds for water monitor enclosures?" Oh, uh, they're gonna ruin a filter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you, I got for water monitors. People ask me all the time, like, I don't consider my Mertens like water monitors per se. They will shit in the water a little bit, but generally they shit on the land. And I, I run Oasi filters on everything, not my water monitors. Uh, water monitors, my best suggestion is drain, rinse, and fill, man. That, yeah. That's the way to do it. They will overload any type. I don't care if you got a pool sand filter. They're gonna, they're gonna, their bio load is gonna overload that thing. You know, after two craps in the mine crap every day in the water. Yeah, I yeah. feed them every day. They poop every day, and there ain't no filter in the world that's gonna keep up with that unless you got some <laughs> shit and stuff. But yeah, for burdens, I um, I use Oasi. Um, Oasi is a real good filter. As a matter of fact, they, they sponsor me, uh, because I always, you know, try to shout out their products, but here, I'm going to show you real quick behind the Merton's wall here. I don't know if I got enough light. I'll try. Um, here's something for the people who want to know about filters. One second, guys. Oh, shit. There we go. I don't know if you guys can see this filter here. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Th yeah, this is a canister filter, but what's real nice about Oasi, there's two features on this thing that just blows me away. Now, this, as a turtle guy, I always wanted a canister filter, but, it, you know, with turtles, I got big snapping turtles, and, you know, they bite heaters. Yep. So mm -hmm. this has a heater built in it. Oh. See that? Oh, that's awesome. Heater built in it. And then for, for what's great with these, I mean – to me, this is overkill for a fish, but what you do is you turn this filter off here and then you turn this part off and this here, that's a pre-filter. So it's got like six sponges in it. So you take that out, you bring that to your sink, you rinse it out and your filter stays, you know, pretty clean. I probably changed, I probably changed the two filters I have on here maybe once a year, clean the whole thing out. But, you know, once every couple of weeks, I clean out the pre-filters. Yeah, those are called Owasi filters, right? Yeah, that's it's Owasi, uh, Owasi North America. And also with, uh, hold on, let me show you another thing. So with my, with my Merton enclosure here. I love it. Heck yeah, yeah. See my fish. I love my fish too. Oh, that's so, awesome. Um, you know, again, with uh with that kind of water volume, I always thought, well, what if they had a uh you know, like a, a vacuum that like not like a shop vac that you gotta empty, something that like would pump right out. So my wife brought me home this. I don't know if you can see that. It looks like a R2-D2 with a giant tube yeah. attached. Exactly. It's it's a, it's a what they call Oasi Pondovac. That's a five. And what that does, it's basically like a shop vac. So it'll suck up all the shit off the bottom of your pond. But the beautiful thing about it is it blows it right into your drain. You don't 
it's not like a shop vac that you got to turn it off and go carry it and dump it. It just constantly pumps to my uh, sump pump. That's so insane. Yeah. Yeah, but all these, all the filters and those little, you know, Pondavac type things, it's just, you know, in my old age here, I, I need to make everything as automated and easy as possible. So that's what I've done. It's smarter, man. Yeah, and I, yeah, especially, especially again, it's like we we have all these technological advances as advancements as people. We can figure out how to do these things a lot easier. <laughs> Absolutely. Not get your hands dirty. That's that's the beautiful thing. Well, I got a funny story about the Oasi Pondavac. I'm watching uh, another big YouTuber, and he's cleaning out his um, uh, anaconda cage, big ass anaconda cage, and, and I'm laughing because I'm Italian, right? Mm. I see, I see him using like my nana's uh, spaghetti strainer. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, he's scooping out these giant pig shits, and and I, I'm like. I got to get a hold of him. I mean, I used to vend with him at a local show here. So we kind of go way back. He knows me. I know him. But we haven't really talked and stuff like that. So I told him about the Pondavac, and he went out and got one, too. So now his life is easy, too. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's awesome. That's Hobby awesome. Helping hobbyists. That's where it's all at. That's it. Uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to Thomas for the super chat. Just says, love you guys. We appreciate that, man. Thank you very much. Bam. Pondo back for the win. I was so honored when you guys asked me on this, man. I, you know, I watch you guys. You guys are good dudes. And uh, I was really stoked to be on here for this. Oh, man. We're, we're, I've been admiring all the stuff you do for years now. I really just love and all the things that you post on there. So honestly, the feeling is mutual. I love the stuff that you're doing. Yeah, hey, when when you guys come down to, if you guys get down to Tinley or Schomburg, I'm only an hour away, man. So you can come here and check out my stuff firsthand. I'll give you the tour. October, yeah. I'm going to be October there. for sure. That's yeah. it. Excellent, excellent. Hell yeah. It's been a minute since I've played some more. Yeah, I'm down. Snakes available. Say, say that again? Like, you know, there's one in March, and then you said October. Like, you'll have more to sell in October, I would imagine, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just okay. know that um, it'll be easier for me to get time off in October than it will in March. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Well, I was hoping you'd come both. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> I, just moved, I just moved two weeks ago, or what, a month ago now. So once I get a new job sorted, maybe I can. Maybe I'll just tell them, "Hey, I'm not hey, here. already <laughs> have these things happening." <laughs> oh man, maybe maybe I'll do that. Could do that. I feel like I already have these dates and these dates and these dates. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that next summer I'm doing an Arizona trip to go field herping, and oh, then yeah. October I'm doing Finley, and August I'm doing Daytona. Oh, I uh, I don't know, maybe I'm I, I was watching you when you went with Keith McPeak and all them guys in Arizona. Right. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, I know. I, I was, like I said, I was living vicariously through you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah. I don't know if you could see them. Oh, yeah, we can see them. So, yeah. how big are your uh, biggest movies? Um, My adults are. Probably four foot, which you know that that's maxed out for them, and uh, um, they're big and they're yeah, I don't know. I I've been breeding them like three or four years now, and the male I raised since he was a small guy, probably a year old. But my two adult, my two females, I got when they were big, and here you, I'm gonna give you a look at them now. You can see how big they are. Yeah, heck yeah. So that's a female there, and there's another female. And then uh, there's the male. Look at those. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, so cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I, I love them. And, and again, man, uh, part of, like, what I love so much about monitors is, is of course, I love the monitors, but – I love building their setups like that Merton's 
that Merton building that Merton's enclosure was just like, um, I don't even know how to describe it. It was like, it was a relief off of my brain. Cause I had this, this idea of how to build this enclosure burning in my head for years and years. And then when I finally got them, it was my opportunity to, you know, to go gung ho and, and build a nice enclosure for them. And, you know, with the fish in the bottom and as, as active as they are, and all the stuff they do in the water, I could sit down here for hours and just watch them. And I do. It's zen. It's just like therapeutic. Just... It's zen, yep. Definitely. I just want to give a shout-out to Amy B. for the Super Chat. The dynamic duo is back together. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Thank you, Amy. Damn. Oh, man. Heck, yeah. Dude, that's Heck, yeah. Is there – so you're you're obviously very resourceful with, with the enclosure designs and everything. Is there an item that you want to build a, a monitor enclosure out of that you have not built one out of yet? Well, now if you're picking my brain here, I guess my next stop, which is I'm sure it'll happen someday here. Um, I would love nothing more than you know when you go to the mall, there's the food court. Yeah. Yeah. They got the plants and the trees and they got waterfalls and the koi's in the pond and you eat your lunch there. Yeah. I want to, I want to do that for like my coming eye and my Mertens and be able to be in there with them, like with a little bistro table, have a coffee, you know, and have them, you know, jump up on the table and hand feed them or whatever. I, eventually I'm going to do that. That you would know, be awesome. Be <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like, drugs you know i mean you get addicted and you want more or you want more but that that's pretty much where i'm at now with with my animals i, I love my big enclosures they're great and all but i want something that i could be in there with them you know i mean even if i could wade in the water with the mertens that would be great you know yeah heck yeah Dude, that'd be so cool heck yeah. yeah absolutely let's see a couple of the super chaps here <clears throat> Uh, Thomas threw down a super chat. Reptiville.com posted reptile classifies for free. Here's a plug for Reptiville. Go check out Reptiville.com. <laughs> and then uh, Christina threw down another super chat. Uh, Mike, would you share some keys to building trust with spicy monitors? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's I mean, Kevin's the Kevin's the man. Watch his videos. Uh, you know, but it, that's basically what it is. And it's not something that's going to happen overnight. It takes time and patience. And I did another podcast with the MPR guys. And what I've noticed over keeping all these monitors for all these years is lizards in general. Um, they pay attention to your eyes. So mm -hmm. got a nervous, scared monitor. You don't look. You know, you don't look right at them. You look at them through your peripheral. And as long as your head's not pointed towards towards them or your eyes aren't pointed towards them, they calm down. So um, generally, feed them off the tongs. Like, um, you know, you look away as you're feeding them. And, you know, after you do that 20, 30 times, then you can start looking at them and they'll become more comfortable with you. Um, you know, no fast movements, no loud noises. And... I guess the big thing is it's just time, you know, don't force yourself on them and just take your time, build it just like you would with um, a scared dog or something. You just, you just got to earn their trust and, and then you have it all good. Once you get to that point, you're, they're bulletproof. You can pretty much do whatever you want with them. They're not afraid of you no more. Yeah. I, I think that one of the other things that uh, a lot of people don't take into consideration is you kind of got to go towards the front of the animal as opposed to going to the back of it because most people, they're nervous of getting bit, so they go to try to grab it by the back end, and monitors are very nervous about that back end. Absolutely. So if you come up to the front end, you know, close fist, go up to the front end and try and get, uh, you know, let them interact with you as opposed to forcing yourself on them, it can help build trust over days and weeks and so on. So Absolutely. That's pretty much you, you like you would with a dog to kind of let them get a – Sniff of you slowly coming at them. You're not coming at them. And they they learn to, you know, tongue lick you and, and see what you're all about. And if, if you get one tongue lick and and just pull back, that's that's a good start. Just don't overdo it. 
And, you know, you got to ease into it with these animals. And pretty much like with my, uh, like you've seen, I did with that sulfur there. I let him lick my hand and then I let him put his chin up over my hand. And then from there, I kind of push my hand towards under his front legs. And then when he crawls on me, I know it's go time. If he don't crawl on me, I let him be. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I was I was just about to say one of the other points, too, is the interactions don't have to be these long five, ten minute interactions. No. They can literally be five, ten, fifteen seconds, you know, and of just establishing that relationship. Yeah, right. And that's much better in the beginning because you, you don't want to, you know, you know, you think about it. You're you think you're interacting with this animal and I'm taming it. He's scared he's scared so you know 20 seconds of being scared is a whole lot more than you know five minutes of you trying to play with them it's, it's there's no playing it's it's you know you got to think of the animal and the stress that you're causing on them until you break that barrier once you break that barrier uh, i mean I, I don't ever really grasp any of my monitors i'll let them come to me i'll let them crawl on me but you know, I'm not one of them guys who want to put a leash on them and take them to the park and put them on my shoulder. You know, I, I get mad sometimes. I see, you know, October, November, people got boas around their necks and it's, you know, you know, 60 degrees out. It's like, man, what are you doing, man? Think of the animal a little bit. But, that, you know, everybody's different, but I don't force myself on my animal. Yeah. Yeah, for real, man. Um I, I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't take into consideration, at least like your average pet keeper. Because uh, I, I went to Petco on one of the days it was kind of cooler here. It was probably the mid-40s, high 50s, or like low 50s. And somebody had their ball of python with them at Petco. Like, what are you doing? It's like 30 degrees out, dude. Like, think, think about it. That snake's not comfortable. You're wearing a jacket right now, but you're holding it on your hand. So yeah. it's being exposed to the elements, but you're not. Like, right. Yeah, so yep. you just gotta use common. You know what? It, it's there's people who love animals, and there's people who love what animals do for their persona or whatever. And I'm not knocking it, but just be respectable of the, the of the basic needs of that animal. You know, I mean, bringing them outside in fall is not a smart thing. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Benny, man. <laughs> Shout out to Benny. Benny. Uh, it says, hopefully I'll be walking by next October and out of this wheelchair. I would love to meet you guys at Tinley. Hell yeah, man. Continue on the speed of your recovery, my yeah, friend. Dude, even if you can't make it to, to walk by then, if you come in a wheelchair, we're still going to check you out and say what's up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I challenge you, if you're still in a wheelchair, I challenge you to a wheelchair race because I am too. Hey. There you go. There you go. That sounds like some some nonsense from Tinley's that past. Sounds like, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like Tinley shenanigans. <laughs> you know what's funny? The last one that you were at, Jeremy, uh, Matt Edmonds. You guys know Matt Edmonds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I don't really need a wheelchair, but after a long day, it, it's just easier for them to push me out of there than walk because of my hip. <laughs> But I'm in the wheelchair, and we're in the, the front part, where like, you know, where Potter's at, and you collect the money. Yeah. And uh, I start hearing this music, man, and like dance music. All of a sudden, I look up in front of me. Here comes that Mad Edmonds, like he's good, like he's gonna grind on me or something. <laughs> I got a video. I'll send you guys the video. I popped out of the wheelchair. I put my hand on his chest. I said, "Get out of here." <laughs> Somebody in the crowd goes, oh, it's a miracle. He can walk. I'm like, yeah, what do you think? Dude, Edmund's working miracles, man. Yeah, right, right. That, that, he's a great dude, man. I had a lot of fun. All oh, you guys are all. I always have fun, and that's what it's all about. Bro. Heck yeah, man. That's great. Heck yeah. <laughs> Freaking Matt Edmonds. If you've ever been to a Tinley or Arlington, really any of the NARBCs, and you have not seen this man, this small but mighty, loud and obnoxious man. <laughs> Massive shout out to Matt Edmonds. I'm surprised that motherfucker isn't here right now in this chat. I'm going to call oh, him later. <laughs> oh, too man. Much. This is too much. <laughs> 
I can't wait. I can't wait for Tilly. I'm so excited. Tilly's gonna be awesome. It's so weird because like going to New England where there's not a lot of reptile expos, and then since I've moved to North Carolina, there's been a reptile expo every weekend within a couple of hours of where I'm at. It's so strange. It's so so strange. Yeah. Now, do do you notice that there? It's more. Um, reptile like in North Carolina is, is there is there more people into it or is it just it doesn't matter where you go um I I feel like a lot more of the vendors down here are, are making money sometimes because like in North in uh, New Hampshire there was a couple expos that I vended and we made like just enough to cover the table and that was it yeah. uh, whereas most of the people I talk to at most of the expos down here people are making a couple hundred dollars every day at least you know if it's a slow day and then if it's a good day, then you make it thousand or whatever. But um, uh, down here, the show atmosphere is just more chill. Like people just like walk up and talk to you and, and you know, shoot the shit. And uh, where up north, it's kind of like strictly business. If you're not telling something, if you're not talking to me about buying something, people aren't super you know, tuned into one of the top. That, that's why I, I, I'm, I'm a kind of like a, I, not a bad salesman, but I, I could just talk to you about reptiles. If you're not buying nothing from me, I don't, I don't shuffle nobody. You know, when I figure out this kid or this person isn't buying, I don't shuffle them for the next guy who may buy. I, I just talk to everybody. You know, I, I, that's what I like doing. I like meeting people and, you know, sharing knowledge experiences with them and, you know, you might be talking to the next guy. You know what I'm saying? And he's just a kid. Well, you know, I, I just talk to everybody. Yeah, I met a, uh, a kid at the last show that we just did in Raleigh. In Raleigh yeah. And um, he was like 13 or 14 years old. He's like, dude, I watch all your YouTube videos. And I was like, dude, here's my number. Shoot me a text. You want to come over and play with some snakes? Let's come play with some snakes. Let's hang out and, and talk rough. That's what it's That's all, what all about. Exactly. That's what it's all about, man. Like I had, I had one young dude, you know, from the na- you know, not the neighborhood, but from around here, and um, you know, he started talking to me about Mertens, and he's a younger dude. He's a you know a big dart frog guy, so he knows what it you know he knows what the commitment is for building bio natural uh, enclosures with the plants and everything. So I, I started really talking to him about the Mertens, and I'm like, hey, look, you know, here's what you're gonna need in the end. And, um, you know, we had a few phone conversations and, uh, as a couple weeks later, maybe a month later, he sends me a picture. He goes, how does this look? I'm like, dude, you're ready for Mertens, man. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this kid was committed, man. He, and he did what it took to set him up proper. And when I say proper, I mean, you could keep him. Um, and, and this is kind of like a term from way back in the day, lowest common denominator. Okay. You, you can do that and get away with animals and breed them, but especially with Mertens to, to, to keep Mertens in a lower common denominator type enclosure, boy, you're cheating your animals and you're cheating yourself because so much of what they do, they do in the water. So why not build something that you can see them, what they're doing in the water? And this kid did it. He he built a big eight-foot enclosure. I think he's got like a 75-gallon fish tank in the enclosure. Yeah. So, and he's got drains on it, so he's not dealing with, you know, all dirty water. He did it right, man, and, and I'm proud of him. He, he does good, man. He's a good kid. That's Heck awesome. Yeah. That's sweet. Heck yeah. I love that. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. We are winding down. We're getting to our hour mark. But, Mike, we ask everybody one very important question before we say our goodbyes. And that question is, sir, what in the realm of reptiles, be it something in your collection, something that you've seen online or whatever, what in the realm of reptiles has you excited about reptiles? Um, well, to be honest, okay, I'm going to – I like seeing the United States, it seems the past few years, is really going away from the lowest common denominator. And people are really starting to deck out their enclosures for their animals. And and not only for their animals, but for themselves. Um, Why, you know, to look in a cage like this, I mean, that holds your interest, right? It's beautiful. And 
And I like the fact that people are starting to do that more and more <laughs> with their animals, for their animals. And then what actually happens with enclosures like this that you do naturalistic and just really deck them out is when when people come over to see them, they're like, wow, I, I didn't know that you could do that. I thought you had to keep them in a fish tank with a screen top, you know. So you bringing in other people that may have just said, yeah, lizards are cool. Uh, but when they see the setup like this, you're like, wow, that looks like a piece of rainforest in your living room, in your basement, in your den, in your pool room or whatever. You know what I mean? So that's really what gets me excited lately is that people, it seems people more and more are willing to put in the work to do what these animals truly they need. I mean, of course they know this is fake rock. They know it, but it's still, it's better than, you know, whatever, uh, uh, whatever. I don't want to knock on anybody, you know, whatever, uh, metal rack or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's what does it for me. I, I, that's what I get excited about. Heck yeah. So if people want to find out more about what you're doing or look at some of your cage builds or any of that sort of stuff, your Instagram, Facebook, where should people check you out? Um, well, I have mikesmonitors.com. That's my website. Um, you can find me Mike's Monitors on Instagram, Mike's Monitors on Facebook, Michael Stefani on Facebook, and I actually have a YouTube channel, Mike's Monitors. I have a couple of videos up. One's a room tour and one's a tutorial on how I cut these eggs, why and when and how. So it's informative, a little bit of humor. It's, it, you know, hopefully people check it out. Hell yeah. Heck yeah, Thank you so much for coming on tonight. I appreciate you sharing some time with us. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys, too. We look forward to seeing you guys real soon. Hell yeah, man. Love you. Absolutely. Hopefully have a good night. Much love and respect to both of you guys, man. All right, man. Take care. Have a nice night. I'm out. 